2: real noom user compensated to provide their story in four weeks the typical noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week individual results may vary
1: in business you rarely hear the expression for life you make a purchase for a product for a service and and there's a there's a time frame there well that's not the case with awaken 180 weight loss
0: Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. This is the song they sing to the Bissara. Little blind fish, thou art marvelous wise. Little blind fish, though thou hast no eyes. Open thy ears while I whisper my wish. Bring me a lover, thou little blind fish. And what is the Bissara? a tiny square box of silver studded outside with eight small rubies. Inside is a little eyeless fish carved of wood and wrapped in a shred of faded gold cloth. Yes, this is the Bissara. And it were better for a man to take a King Cobra in his hand than to touch the Bissara. Congratulate me, old man. On what? I'm getting married. Uh, Is it? a
3: woman could be so down on her luck that she'd settle for you. Yeah, she's beautiful, intelligent, handsome. <laughs> she's Colonel Hollis' daughter, Millicent. What kind of evil joke is this? How dare you? Millicent Hollis is my fiancée. Oh, she was your fiancée, John.
0: She was your fiancée. <laughs> mystery drama, The Bissara of Puri, was based on a story by Rudyard Kipling and written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Paul Hecht. It is sponsored in part by ARM, Allergy Relief Medicine, and Buick Motor Division. I'll be back shortly with Act One. In our day and age, we are far too sophisticated to believe in magic. So let us talk about magic as magic used to be, the kind of magic you used to find in India before India became a modern nation and was still part of what was known as the British Raj. The time is the year 1891, the place Simla, that enchanted city in the hills of which it was said, he who cannot fall in love in Simla, We'll never know love at all. Well, John Churton fell in love in Simla with tall, gray-eyed Millicent Hollis, daughter of Colonel Hollis of the Blue Hussars. And this is the third day in succession that they are taking tea at Leighton's on the pavilion. Beautiful music, Miss Hollis. Is
2: it really? It's so,
3: so melodic.
2: (laughs) That's not what you said yesterday, Major
3: Tretton. What did I say yesterday?
2: You said it was rather Germanic for your taste, so. Mm, pop,
3: pop, mm, pop, pop. <laughs> now, why would I say that? I am rather fond of Mr. Strauss's music. Oh, I know why. Yes. You see, the Strauss waltzes belong in a ballroom with a brilliant light of a hundred candles reflected like diamonds from the great hanging chandeliers and the scarlet and gold the black and silver of the officer's uniforms, and the lovely whites and pinks of the ladies' gown.
2: You make it sound so exciting.
3: Will you save the waltzes for me this evening, Miss Hollis?
2: Oh, I'm afraid I shall have no choice. You talk about it so prettily. Although, for a man who seems to enjoy dancing so much, I don't believe you've been to a ball in over a month.
3: Yes, my my ankle was a bit stiff and sore.
2: Oh, from that fall?
3: Uh, Yes, uh, that fall. (laughs) I suppose it shall be known as That fall from now till the end of time
2: Well, it did make talk when you, Major John Churton Who is said to be the finest rider in the Lancers Fell off his horse on dress parade
3: That account is not entirely true, Miss Hollis
2: Are you saying you didn't fall off your horse?
3: I didn't fall off my horse I needed a horse in a hurry, and that old scoundrel, Mahbub Ali, sold me one that hadn't been properly broken.
2: Why did you need a horse in a hurry?
3: Because my bay stallion, Tipple, had died the night before.
2: Tipple? That splendid animal. Well, how could he have taken sick so suddenly?
3: He didn't take sick, Miss Hollis. He was killed. Awful. How? Well, I came home from the club to discover there was a robbery in progress. I was unarmed, and I tried to run the scoundrels down, but... One of them turned and fired a revolver, and oh, poor Tipple fell dead.
2: A robbery? we haven't had a robbery hereabouts. Well, I, I can't even remember. Well, were they caught? No,
3: no, they got away. What a shame. Was anything stolen? No, just some cufflinks, a gift from my mother, a watch, a gift from my father. They, they were very dear to me.
2: Oh, I am sorry.
3: And, of course, money, a considerable sum. It wasn't even mine. I was keeping it for Captain Pack.
2: Captain Pack? Yes, do you know him? Slightly. Why were you keeping money for him?
3: Well, it was part of a regimental fund. He had withdrawn it that afternoon to be distributed the following day. That evening, he'd been sent off on duty. He didn't want to leave it about his quarters, so he asked me to keep an eye on it for him.
2: And that's the money that was stolen?
3: Yes. I went to over half a dozen of my closest friends, and I borrowed every shilling they could raise... And I turned the sum over to Pack. He's not the wiser, but I'll be in debt for at least two years.
2: What a perfect and miserable stroke of luck.
3: I really don't know why I'm telling you all this.
2: Perhaps it's because you've just caught sight of Captain Pack. What? Where?
4: He's coming towards us. Oh, yes. Yes, I see him. Good afternoon, most ravishing Miss Harris. And Major Turton. Good afternoon. Hello, Pack. I hope I'm not interrupting... But I stopped by merely to remind you, Miss Hollis, that you promised to save the first and last waltz for me this evening.
2: Did I promise?
4: Well, of course. It was at the party Mrs. Hawksby gave for the governor last week. Uh, till this evening, then.
3: Miss Hollis, is there something wrong? What? You seem to have turned pale.
2: No, I, I'm all right.
3: You're shivering. Shall I order some tea? A brandy, perhaps? No, thank you, Major. But something is wrong, I can tell. Please, Miss Hollis, tell me.
2: I, I simply cannot tolerate that man. Captain Pack. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. He's probably a good friend of his... Oh,
3: no, 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 Miss Hollis. He's the last person in the world I would want for a friend.
2: The man makes me ill. Actually, ill. What do you mean? I don't know. I just get a feeling that it... it's so difficult to find the words. He He makes me feel unclean.
3: I know. He makes me feel the same way. Well,
2: you don't have to dance
3: with (laughs) him. Well, you don't have to dance with him either. Can't you simply refuse?
2: Oh, it's awkward to refuse. We are, after all, a small community. We, We have to maintain at least the outward show of friendship.
3: Well, that may be. But I know a great many ladies who absolutely refuse to dance with certain gentlemen.
2: The real truth? I'm afraid to refuse him. Afraid? But why?
3: I mean, if he ever tried anything the slightest bit improper or, or out of line, I, I'd thrash him within an inch of his life.
2: I know you would.
3: And you're still afraid?
2: Oh, I, I just can't explain.
3: It. Well, I see only one solution to the problem, Miss Hollis. You will have to marry me. Miss Hollis. Major
2: Churton, I I thought you'd never ask.
3: Millicent. Millicent, my darling.
2: Not here, not now. You must call me Miss Hollis for just a little while longer. I must
3: speak to your father. There are plans to be made.
2: Yes, but, but first there are plans to be unmade. I I don't understand. Mother, she thinks she has a plan for me to marry General Benton. Benton? He's 30 years older than you. I know, my darling. But it, it, it's it's, no, absurd. it's just an idea at present. It's dancing around Mama's head. And it must be given its opportunity. Opportunity? To do what? Oh, let's say, to run its course. Oh, don't look so worried. Everything will be all right.
3: Well, I'm not sure everything will be all right.
2: Oh, John, dear, please understand. I and I alone will decide whom I shall marry. I allow my mother to play these little games because, frankly, she's quite bored and it gives her something to do. Sooner or later, she always finds something wrong with her particular candidate for my hand, and it's over, and that's all there is to it.
3: I don't know. I, I have a strange feeling that something will occur to upset our marriage. Oh. I told you about the robbery of my quarters, the killing of my best horse, the loss of a considerable sum of money.
2: Yes, that's just bad luck.
3: But, but, but you see, that's not all of it. It isn't? I'm in the midst of, or... Or I'm, I'm being pursued or, or or haunted by, call it what you will, a streak of bad luck.
2: But I can only call it superstition.
3: Yes, I was afraid you'd say that. I've spent a year working on a design for a lightweight saddle. Oh, it's, it's just as strong, stronger even than the ones we use now. And it's 17 pounds lighter.
2: 17 pounds?
3: Yes, do you know what that means to a trooper? Oh,
2: darling, I'm the daughter of the colonel of a cavalry regiment. A lighter saddle. (laughs) Why, it's like the search for the Philosopher's Stone. Yes,
3: and I designed one. Oh, John. And I submitted it to the Office of Procurement. And they bought it. They turned it down.
2: How could they turn it down?
3: I... I don't know. What do they say? Well, a rather brief note. Dear Major Churton, we do not find your proposed saddle to be practical at this time.
2: Not at this time. Would another time be more practical? Darling, that
3: is the answer I received, and the matter is now closed. Don't you see this is all part of the streak of bad luck that seems to be
2: pursuing me? Now, here's a rational explanation. I wish I could
3: believe that.
2: All you have to believe is that you love me, and I love you. That's all we need.
3: You do love me, Millicent? Yes,
2: and I want to be your wife.
3: You're not going to change your mind.
2: Nothing could ever make me marry anyone else. Enjoying the ball, darling?
3: I'm with you, Millicent. That alone is enough. Oh, wait. What, what, what is it? The band.
2: They're going to start to
3: play. Oh, wonderful. I am in the mood for a dance.
2: Oh, darling. These are the waltzes.
3: My favorite.
2: No, but I I promised the first to Captain Packer.
3: Oh, no. darling! Oh, 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 come quickly. We'll escape out onto the veranda. Oh, it's no
2: use. He'll turn the place inside out and make no end of a row till he finds you. Oh, him.
3: I see him heading this way now, the scoundrel.
2: I don't think he has enough character to be a scoundrel. He's just an offensive man.
4: Jack. <laughs> He's well-named. Jack Rat. Oh, darling, please. I'll hear you. Ah, there you are, Miss Hollis.
2: Good evening, Captain.
4: I've come to claim my waltz. Will you excuse us, Major Turton? Uh, Miss Hollis? Oh, Of course, Major. Well, you are a divine dancer, Miss Horace. Thank you. Do you know why?
2: Well,
4: because you are a divine person. You are so different from the rest of them here at the station. The rest of them, Captain Patrick? No. A grubby lot. Taken by and large. Oh, Captain. Overdressed. Overpainted. Captain, I mustn't. Please. Not you. Oh, no. You're something special. You're like an angel that's come down from heaven. Oh, really, Captain? No, I've seen women all over the world. <laughs> had my share of them, too, fathers and girls. Captain, I, I find this
2: conversation...
4: But you're the only one that's... that's real. Why, all the other ladies in this room are real. Miss Horace, for a long time I waited so I could say something to you. Now I've got money put by. <laughs> there are opportunities for a man to make his bundle in India. If he keeps alert the main chance. Oh, I'm sure there are. And I haven't spent my off-duty time hunting and playing polo, gambling and flirting.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: I, I don't I've suppose you I've already made my packet. Captain Pack made a packet. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm getting at is this. I'm ready to settle down. That's fine. Settle down with the woman of my choice.
2: Well, I hope you find her.
4: Oh, I have. It's you. Me? Miss Hollis, make me the happiest man in the world. Say you become my bride.
2: Why, well, that's impossible, Captain
4: Impossible? Why?
2: Oh, we can sum it up by saying I... I'm not in
4: love with you. I'm not even attracted so, to Hollis, you. Miss Hollis, I must ask you to reconsider. <sighs> It's, it's impossible. I don't recognize the existence of that word. Oh, please, Captain.
2: The matter
4: is closed. Oh, I disagree.
2: I don't even know what we have to discuss.
4: But we have everything to discuss. All the plans for our future life together.
2: Captain, I don't believe you heard me. I have no intention of marrying you. Miss
4: Horace, I'm a man who refuses to take no for an answer. Sooner or later one way or another. I always get what I want. And I want you, Miss Hollis.
0: Obviously, Miss Millicent Hollis considers Captain Pack a disaster. But her fiance, Major Churton, has a premonition of disaster. Is Captain Pack going to be that disaster? On a statistical note, Our special research tells us that a girl can expect to get an average of five serious proposals of marriage in her lifetime. Well, what do you think of our heroine? She's actually had two in one day. The rich get richer? The drama also gets richer in Act Two in just a short while. Some people refuse to take no for an answer. This could be a sign of great dedication. It could also be an indication of colossal stupidity. You've heard what Miss Millicent Hollis has said about Captain Pack. He is hardly her favorite person in this world, but yet would you be willing to wager a large sum, or even a small one, that she isn't going to marry him?
3: Millicent, what are you doing out here alone?
2: I, I had to step out for a breath of air, John. But why didn't you tell me? I,
3: I would have come out with you.
2: I couldn't walk across that floor to where you were standing. I had to have fresh air that very moment or I,
3: I would have suffocated. My darling, you're trembling like a leaf. No,
2: I'll be all right in a minute.
3: Darling, you must tell me what's the matter.
2: That terrible little man. That horrible little man.
3: Pack, what did he do? He
2: proposed to me. He...
3: Well, of all the infernal...
2: Oh, he has a
3: right to, but it's just... It's just what? Oh, he needs a lesson. He
2: didn't know that I'm
3: not free. Oh, very well. He proposed, then what?
2: I said no. And then?
3: He kept insisting. Why, the bounder? I ought oh, to judge. darling, him. there's
2: nothing to be done. Let's just
3: let's just forget it, shall we? I've never seen you so upset. W- would you would you care for some punch? Or perhaps something stronger? Would
2: you mind terribly if I if I went home? Now? You see, the truth is, I owe Captain Pack another dance, and I'm just not up to
3: it. Well, you just scratch his name off your
2: program. Oh, I can't do that. He'd create a very unpleasant scene. I'll just tell Mama I have a headache. <laughs> and I do. Oh, my darling. Now, you stay, you have a good time.
3: Well, how can I have a good time without. You?
2: Yeah, you should spend more time socializing with the staff officers. You know, being on good terms might help you sell that new saddle. Oh, darling. Mama will be quite happy to go home. I know she must be frightfully bored by this time.
3: Will I see you tomorrow?
2: Well, of course.
3: Are you sure?
2: Well, Silly. Of course I'm sure.
5: Churton, Why, bless my soul is Jolly. Churton! Well, look at you, a proper major of the Lancers.
3: Newton, this. This can't be terrible, Tom Putin
5: of the Maverick. Why are you out of uniform, Captain? I resigned my commission, Johnny. What? You've become a civilian? Oh, you make it sound like an obscene word. Well, in your
3: case, it most definitely is. So what are you doing to earn your bread, or or have you married a wealthy widow?
5: I'm with the Ethnological Service. You're With the what? <laughs> well, let me explain. You see, Johnny, one day I realized I'd spent my entire life in this country, and I knew nothing about it. India, this beautiful, mysterious India. Are you quite all right, Tom? Oh, yes, of course. And so I apply for a berth in the ethnological service. We study and we record all the native customs. And you don't
3: miss the army?
5: Oh, I miss the friendships, the closeness when we're in the field. So what are you doing
3: here in Simla?
5: Well, the local historical society is having a meeting and I've been invited to read a paper.
3: Ah, you've become a proper scholar, haven't you?
5: Where are you staying? The colonel found me a bunch. Oh, no.
3: No, no. You're staying with me. I'll send a boy around to pick up your kit. We're going to sit up all night and destroy at least two bottles. How does that sound? Oh,
5: that sounds first rate. But I I better leave my kit where it is. (laughs) Why? Because the colonel asked me to. (laughs) Whom are you staying with? A fellow by the name of uh Pack. Oh no.
3: No, no. I shan't permit that.
5: Oh, he's the worst. Uh, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. The Colonel asked it as a favor. A favor? This uh. This pack, he doesn't get on, eh? Oh,
3: that's the understatement of the century.
5: Has no friends, and the colonel... Well, the colonel just thought that by asking him to provide hospitality for a visitor, this Captain Pack would feel that he's part of things, you see? Tell me, what does everyone have against him?
3: Well, how can I put it? Ah, he's a nasty little man who must have crawled into the army by mistake. Ah, I see you're determined to dislike him, eh? Exactly. But why discuss him? Let's head over to my place. We we have a full night's drinking and talking ahead of us. Uh,
5: Johnny, will you also invite my host? Your host? Yes, Captain Pat. Oh, no, no, no. Well, he's putting me up for the night. Wouldn't be proper for me Oh, to... Tom, he's impossible. He's absolutely, utterly impossible. You know... I've made a study of people like Captain Roderick Pack. Well, what is there to study? It's all out there in plain view. Oh, no, no, not at all. It's mostly hidden, you see. People like Pack are the outsiders. Pack was never made to feel welcome here. To begin with, he's very short. He's rather unattractive physically. Yes, he most certainly is. But that is not his fault, you see. His father was a green grocer, which puts him at a social disadvantage. You know, Pack's obnoxious behavior is a defense. Of what? It's a protective wall he's built up around himself. If he were made to feel welcome, accepted, I'm sure you'd find him a changed man.
3: I'm afraid you don't know Captain Pack very well.
5: Well, I'm afraid you don't either. Invite him back to your rooms with us. See if I'm right.
4: And, I uh, said I said to him, you ain't had the last of Captain Roderick Peck, my friends. <laughs> for that matter, you had the first.
5: For that Hmm. He's not much of a drinker, is he?
3: Truth is, Peck's not much of anything. Well, let him sleep. So much for your noble experiment. At least now we can talk.
5: Very impressive digs you have here, Johnny. But then you always like to live well. <laughs> oh, I say. That's a splendid clock on the
3: mantel. Yes, I believe it's the only Gladchester chimes in all of India. Had it sent. A
5: Gladchester. Oh, I must have a look at uh, that. Help uh, yourself. Meanwhile, I shall tell you the greatest news of all. Johnny. The most wonderful girl in the world. Johnny, yes. Johnny, Johnny, listen to me. Well, aren't you going to congratulate me? Where did you get this? Well, uh, get get what? This box. This little wooden box. Oh, that. This box. It's made of silver. Yes, yes, this is silver, all right. It's studded with rubies. Eight ballast rubies. What is it, Tom? You're white as milk. John, there is something inside this box, isn't there? Well, you... Yes, it's... it's... No, 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 let me tell you... It's a tiny fish made of wood, of deodar wood, and it's perfect in every detail except that it has no eyes. Well, how did you know and that? It is wrapped in a faded piece of gold cloth. How do you know about that box? John, tell me, how did you get it? How, how did
3: I get it? Well, well, how do you think I got it? I, I bought it in the bazaar.
5: You bought it? Well, how else would I get it? you expect I'd steal it? What to God you had, Tom, oh, Are you all right? When did you buy it? Well, I I don't. I don't remember I. Oh, about a month ago. Well, tell me, how has your luck been since my luck? Tell me. Well, if you must know, it's, it's been bad. How bad? What is this, Tom? How bad? Very bad. I was afraid of that. Then it is true. What's true? John, there is a legend of the Bissara of Puri. <laughs> I never heard of it. Well, you bought it. It's this box. This is the Bissara of Puri. The so what of which? Some say it was made by a half mad Kulu woman high in the hills. Some say it was created at the devil's shrine of Ao Chung in Tibet. But I believe it was made at the temple of Puri and was stolen by one of the dancing girls. Yes, but what does it all mean? It's a charm. ...for success and failure. It is 300 years old. It has gone from hand to hand. And you're saying it brought me bad luck? Yes. Uh Well, all right. Why? Because you bought it. The legend says... ...if the Bissera be bought... ...within three years... ...it will turn against its owner and drive him to ruin and death. But you still haven't told me why. Whereas if the Bissera be stolen... ...for three years... It will bring its owner his heart's desire. Now, why is one in trouble if one buys it, and in luck if one steals it? Because it it is a charm made in honor of Janira, the goddess of evil. And I'm in trouble because I bought it? Yes. Get rid of it. Get rid of it? Throw it into the river or destroy it. Are you serious? Melt down the silver box, burn the little wooden fish. You are serious? Yes, of course I'm serious. Think of all the terrible things that have happened to you since you bought it. Well...
3: Some unfortunate things have taken place. Well, doesn't that prove... Prove what? I mean, anyone can get a streak of bad luck.
5: It is not a streak. Believe me, it will just get worse and worse. It will never change. Well, that's
3: where you're wrong. It has changed. It's started to get better. Oh, has it? Of course. Just this afternoon, the loveliest girl in the world, Millicent Hollis, agreed to become my wife.
5: John, I'm telling you, destroy that little fish in its silver box. Nonsense, Tom. John... I'm frightened. Truly frightened for you. Get rid of it. But it's such a pretty little thing. It's a deadly little thing. You really believe that, don't you? Yes, I do believe it. There is proof. Oh, of course. When you need proof, you can always
3: manage to find it. What's that thing called again? The viscera of Puri. Yes. Well, here's what Major John Llewellyn Chetton of Her Majesty's Royal Bengal Lancers has to say to this, 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 whatchamacallit, the, 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 the thingamajib. The
5: Bissera of Puri.
3: Yes. Go ahead. I
0: defy you. Do your worst. Now you know, and I know, that he really should have not said that. Especially on this program. You just don't fool around with charms that are made for the goddess of evil, Janira, herself. If you're waiting for the lightning to strike, you'll just have to wait a few minutes longer. And then I shall return with Act Three. What do the psychiatrists say... they say words like accident-prone. They talk about things like the death wish. What is luck? Some say it's providence rolling the dice. Good luck, bad luck. Can you understand it? Much less explain it. Where do you get it? How do you keep it? Seemingly trivial questions. But isn't luck the foundation of everyone's life? It starts at the very beginning. Why is one man born poor, another rich, one handsome, another homely? Who can answer? Is it the Bissara of Puri? Go ahead.
5: I defy you. Do your worst. John, you shouldn't have said that. Said what? This defiance that you just hurled at the Bissara? Do you know something, Tom? You've just proved to
3: me that I was a complete fool. John, listen to Only me. Only this afternoon. I was talking just the way you are now, about luck and and fate. I was in a blue funk about all this superstitious rot. Well, There's nothing like hearing someone else spout your own ideas to demonstrate how ridiculous they
5: may sound. But the terrible thing about it, John, is that it happens to be true. I'll tell you what happens to be true, Tom. Too much reading. Too much being
3: cooked up inside a dusty office. It softened your once brilliant brain. Oh, John, I wish I could get through... Just the whole silly business. Apply for reappointment into the real world. Come back into the army. John, destroy it. The fact is, I've decided to give it to Millicent as a wedding gift. Oh, no, no. You won't find a more handsome piece of workmanship anywhere.
5: Isn't there anything I can say to convince you that this little box... The viscera of Puri is the cause of all your misfortune, Sahiba What is it, Lutu? Eh, Sahib wishes to see the heaven born, Major Churton. It is not Major Churton. It is uh, Captain Pack. Captain Pack. Oh no, no, no! Tell him I'm out. As the heaven-born on!
2: Oh, no, Lutov, wait. Uh, poor wretched man, he wants to apologize. All right, have him coming.
4: Miss Harris,
2: Captain Pack?
4: Miss Horace, I have come here to give you another chance. Another chance? The other night at the ball, I asked if you would do me the honor to become my wife. Do you remember
2: seem to remember.
4: I return now to tell you that I am willing to do you the honor of becoming your husband. You... You what? Yes, Miss Hollis. I am willing to marry you. What do you say?
2: What? What do I... Say? Why, I... I say... I say...
4: Captain, Captain, I must uh, must, ask you to leave. I'm not the best-looking fellow in the world, so why should a pretty girl want me? It's time you learned your place, my dear. Why would a handsome fellow want you, huh? What? Captain... John Churton the handsomest officer in the regiment. He can have his pick. Why did he choose you? I, I don't know. I, I feel I'll like... tell you why. Because your father is Colonel Hollis of the Bengal Lancers. That's why. No, no. Colonel Hollis is a no. good man to know if you want to get a new lightweight saddle approved. I, I, I don't. <laughs> you and me, my girl, we belong together. You know it. In your heart and soul, you know it. I... You know it, don't you? I... Answer. Speak when I commend you. Yes. And you love me. You've always loved me. Yes. And you fought against it because your head was turned by that foolish Major chutton, Isn't that true? Yes. Uh... And you will marry me? Yes. Uh... Say it again. Yes. Again and again and again. Yes, yes, yes.
3: Sergeant, dismiss the troop.
2: Dismissed.
4: Well, afternoon, Major. Fine looking troop of men you have there. Splendid body. I. Uh... I dropped by to thank you for having me over to your rooms the other night. Well, I hope you had an enjoyable evening, Pat. Yes, of course. I wonder if you'd do me a service, old chap. Uh, what sort of service? I'm to be married. Married? And I wondered if you'd stand up for me. Best man and all that, you know. Huh. Who's, the, uh, who's the lucky girl? Oh, you know her. Oh, do I? Colonel Horace's daughter, Millicent.
3: Millicent?
4: Oh, what sort of ghastly joke is this, Captain? The little lady, well, she's not really little, uh, gave me her promise just an hour ago. Oh, filthy swine. Get off your horse. I'll teach you a lesson you'll never forget. And what will that prove? The lady made her choice, and she has chosen me. Well, we'll see about that.
5: Heaven-born? Yes, Lutouf. The Major Churitan. He wishes... No. Lutouf, tell him I cannot.
3: But you shall, yes. Millicent. You will see me and you will explain.
2: Please, John, there's nothing I can say.
3: Oh, yes, there is. You had promised to marry me. I
2: know, I know. You
3: said you loved me. I know. Was it a lie? It was a mistake. All right. All right, I I can accept that. It was a mistake. Don't marry me. You don't love me. But how can you marry that that wizened, slimy, evil, nasty Roderick Pack? Don't tell me you love him.
2: Oh, I... I do. How?
3: How can you love Roderick
2: Pack? I don't know. I don't know. But I love him. I can't help it, but I love him.
5: John... Come in, Tom. Come in, come in. I got your wire and I came as quickly as I could.
3: She's... She's thrown me
5: over, Tom. Millicent?
3: That's impossible. Well, that's not even the worst of it. Guess who she intends to marry. Captain Pack. (laughs) How did you know? What else could it be? Well, I'm ready to admit it now. It's that box. That damn little box. It's well on its way to destroy
5: me completely. I'm sorry. Uh, Is it too late to destroy it now? She's already promised to marry him. I suppose it may be too late for that. But you have to think of yourself. It's not too late to save your life. Get rid of it. But I'm afraid to touch it, Tom. I'm even afraid
3: to look at it. That's why I asked you down here.
5: Would you... Uh, could you? Of course I will. Where is it? Well, where it's always been, on, on the mantle. Well, your luck has changed now. When it's too late. Well, it's never too late for a change of luck. Are you sure you left it on the mantel? Uh, yes, of course. I, I haven't touched it since you were here last. Well, it isn't here. It, 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 what? It isn't here. Well, it has to be. If you haven't put it somewhere else. No, no, I haven't. It's been stolen. What? Stolen? But by whom? Pack. Roderick Pack. Pack? Do you think it's beyond him? No, but how would he know? He must have overheard our conversation. But how could he? He was dead drunk.
3: Wait. No, he is such a miserable sneak. Perhaps he perhaps he pretended to be sleeping it off so, so that we would talk freely between ourselves and he might pick up some some tidbit of information. He
5: certainly did. The Bissera of Puri. He who steals it will have his heart's desire. It's the only way to account for Millicent's behavior. I'll kill the swine. No, 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 no. That won't bring Millicent back. She'll go on loving him for the rest of her life. Yes, but we must do something. Yes, of course. And
3: soon... Tomorrow night, Colonel and Mrs. Hollis are having a ball at the club to announce the engagement. We'll have to steal it back. Steal it? How? We can't just go into his quarters. Suppose we're caught.
5: And with my luck, we'd be cashiered fast enough. We'll be thankful I'm with the ethnological. Now listen to me. Tonight, an Afridi merchant is going to visit Captain Pack at his quarters... He is going to steal the Biscera. I don't understand. What does matter? You wait in the shade of the tree just beyond the compound. When this Afridi comes by... Jump him. But I... I... Jump him. Take the Biscera by force. Do you understand? By force. Tom, what are you saying? Just do as I tell you. Remember. He who steals the Biscera... Shall have his heart's desire. Yes, protector of the poor. What do you want? I want the viscera of poor. <laughs> What are you talking about? If the favored of the heavens will listen, we have traced the Bissera to Simla. We must have it returned to the temple of Puri. Why do you come to me? Because you have the
4: Bissera. You're crazy. Now get out of here, you filthy beggar, before
5: I take a belt to you. The Bissera gives the heart's desire to whoever owns it. You now have your heart's desire. Yes, well,
4: I have another heart's desire. Yes. Money.
5: How much money? A million
4: rupees.
5: The Temple of Puri will pay. It will? Yes. This is the way you will get your money. We will pay. Oh, well... Show me the color of your money. Show
4: me the biser. Ah. Yeah. All right. But don't think you can pull one of your tricks. Put a bullet through you so fast. Oh, I am a man of peace. All right, you filthy dog. I'll show it to you. Ah. See? See? Here it is. Ah, it is the bisra.
5: The bisra of Puri at last. And now, the money? Oh, yes, yes, the money. Here. Here it is.
2: No! No! no.
5: It. Uh, please, Sahib, I am a poet. Right, hand it over. Uh, no, no, Hand no, it no. over, I said. Oh, no, There, no, no. no. yeah, you hand it over. Have you got it
3: in your pocket, John? Oh, yes. Yes, it's in my pocket. And I'll never let go of it. And what is your heart's desire? My heart's desire has always been, is now and will always be, Millicent Hollis. She's yours. Uh, I hope so. I hope this hasn't all been for nothing.
5: Well, I got a black eye out of (laughs) it. You know, you were quite realistic.
4: Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention? Ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Look
3: at that smirking weasel
5: standing there with Millicent.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, I have an announcement
5: thinking it. My heart's desire is Millicent Hollis. My heart's desire is Millicent Hollis. Good, that's it. Ladies and gentlemen.
4: Just a
2: moment, Father. Mm. can't make the announcement just yet.
5: Why not, my dear?
2: Well, John. Where's John? He should be at my side.
4: Why should John be... My dear, your fiancé belongs at your side. And he is... Who? Captain Peck.
2: <laughs> What's he doing here?
4: Well, you accepted him. What's...
2: What sort of a joke is this? How could I even think of marrying this loathsome toad? John? John, where are you?
3: I'm here. I'm here, my darling.
2: Father, I intend to marry no one else but the man I love, John Churton. Oh, John. (gasps) John.
3: Darling, everything is going to be all right.
4: I I can get the hang of what women are all about. John? Is he the one, Miriam? Oh, yes. Yes, father. The only one. Ah, this Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me pleasure to announce the engagement of my daughter Millicent to Major John Churchill. Unless, of course, it changes her mind again.
0: But she didn't. And they were married. And they were very happy because for three years, John was able to grant every wish their hearts desired. But after three years, believe it or not, somebody stole the Bissara of Puri from John Sherton. But it really didn't matter. They lived happily ever after anyhow. I'll be happy if you wait for my return in just a little while. say it's all a made-up story. All right, believe it if you must. However, if one day you see a little silver ruby-studded box, oh, a few inches long by a few inches wide, and within it a wooden fish without eyes wrapped in gold cloth, don't buy it. If you really must have it, steal it. Best of all, leave it alone. For it is the Bissara of Puri, and it is deadlier than the bite of the King Cobra. Although, it will take you a longer time to die. Our cast included Paul Hecht, Ralph Bell, Marion Seldes, and William Griffiths. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. Hurry, Captain. Hurry, we're almost on the wave top. Just one more cable and... What happened? We took a wave broadside. But look. Look,
4: it bounced the balloon up into the air. We're going to make it to land. We're going to...
2: No, no, Top, Top. What is it, Nab? The captain, Dad. The captain, he's gone.
5: And Top went in after him.
3: It was true. A wave struck the balloon and carried away Captain Harding and the dog, and the loss of their weight had been
4: just enough to let the collapsing balloon rise and the wind to carry it towards the land. Now, just before we came to the shore, the balloon,
3: half-inflated, fell
4: again to the sea, and with the wind driving it and us clinging to the mesh, we were rushed to the shore, battered by the surf, fighting our way to shore, exhausted and half-dead.
0: Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.
1: Business, you rarely hear the expression "for life." You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and and there's a there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken One Hundred and Eighty Weight Loss.